Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, and turn everything else off. Give the Lord your full attention for the next few minutes. Come on into the classroom with us. Because uh, spiritual things are real, and you will be nourished up, just like we confessed. Your spirit will begin to get stronger immediately, and that will help lift you up out of uh, depression, sadness, hopelessness. You'll be lifted by the Spirit of God. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance and anointing and uh, the ability to see, hear, and receive answers for now, help for today. We ask for it. We lay hold of it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In 1 John 5 and 4 is our text of our series we've been on for a few weeks now that we're calling Faith That Overcomes. In verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We contrasted in lessons past the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. In Timothy, it says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of uh, power, love, and sound mind. In 2 Corinthians 4, it talks about we have the same spirit of faith. So both fear and faith are not just uh, mental constructs and concepts. There's a spirit of fear. There's a spirit of faith. Well, that's, that affects the environment around you. That, that influences thoughts and feelings and perception. And so uh, how you see things, how you respond to things can be completely different depending on whether you're yielding to a spirit of fear or the spirit of faith. We've been seeing that in Numbers 13 and 14 when God brought his people out of Egyptian bondage and they're at the border to go into the promised land. It's just right there. And then God had given them a good report about how good it was, but then 10 of the 12 spies came back and brought up an evil report, the scripture said, a bad report. Well, because most of the people listened to the bad report and believed the bad report more than the good report, the spirit of fear just flooded through that whole camp and they just yielded 
to fear and depression and cried and sobbed and felt sorry for themselves all that night long after hearing it. This is Numbers 14.1 is where it says this. And then they took a, a bitter, rebellious turn and, and you know, despised Moses and Aaron and God and said, we're getting new leadership and we're going back to Egypt. This has happened over and over and over again that God has done something good for people and then here comes another, some kind of a counterattack or something that they don't understand and they just say, well, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going back to what God delivered them out of. And friend, when you go back to what God delivered you from, it'll be many times worse than it was when you were there to begin with because now you know better. There was some mercy because of ignorance prior, but you go back to it volitionally. Uh, the scripture said it's like a, a, a pig going back to, that has been washed, going back to wallowing in the filth and the mire. God didn't clean us up and deliver us for us to go back to the junk we got out of. Say it out loud, I'm not going back. I'm going forward. I'm not going down. I'm going up. Hallelujah. From grace to grace. From faith to faith. From glory to glory. That's where we're going. But you've got to make up your mind. I'm not going back. And the way you don't go back is you don't look back. If you won't look back, you won't go back. You go where you're looking. What do you mean? You know, thinking about, and you hear people, they get these, they, they romanticize the past. And these guys did. They said, I'm going to just put some of the passages together. They, they said, oh, back in Egypt, we had cucumbers <laughs> and watermelons and and now all we got is this manna, this manna in the morning, manna at noon, manna for supper, sick of manna. It was no picnic when you were in Egypt. What are you talking about? They got watermelons over in Canaan land. And it can be your watermelons, your patch of watermelons. It's delusional. It's confusion. It's deception. And yet, it, it happened to them. It happened to hundreds of thousands of people on this, on this time. It's happening today that people choose to ignore and forget God's good report and just forget God altogether and just focus on the problem, on the difficulty, and fixate on it and think it and talk it night and day until it becomes bigger than anything in their life. And if you do that, you will just be overwhelmed with depression and hopelessness. And it's not because God can't fix it. It's not because God... And people say, well, why won't God help me? Well, why won't you do what He said? Why won't you quit ignoring Him and rebelling against Him? Well, I'm not. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Whether you're doing it ignorantly or knowingly, results are the same. Go with me, if you would, to Psalm 106. 
We looked at uh, the 78th Psalm on yesterday's class. But Psalm 106 deals with some of the same thing. How do you get from being excited about being set free and healed and being given the promised land and even seeing the fruit of it and just being up to just in a few hours you're crying yourself crazy and depressed and scared and bitter and rebellious. How does that happen? This is night and day. How does this happen? We saw in Psalm 78, they forgot what God had done for them. They forgot His wondrous works. They forgot His miracles. They forgot. And you'll find that there is pressure from the enemy to make you do that. To, to get you, you know, focus over here. Look at this. Look at this. And every time you try to look at God, he'll go, no, 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 no. Look over here. Look how bad it is. Look how bad it is. Because he knows unless he can get you to turn away from God, he can't do this to you. He, he cannot grip you with fear and hopelessness. He has to get you to turn away from God, forget about God, quit looking at God, because just looking at God gives you a boost. <laughs> just, just turning your face toward Him. Hallelujah. You begin to get a charge. Hallelujah. In Psalm 106, verse 7 says, Our fathers understood not your wonders in Egypt, they what? Remembered not the multitude of your mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea. It was dried up. He saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Can you see why it was such a grievous distrust and disrespect when they said, we can't, we can't take on these giants? Well, what was Pharaoh's army? Right? What do you mean? You can't, there's no way. You just saw probably the most elite forces on the planet get swept away in the Red Sea. Who's ever heard of such a thing? Well, maybe you don't know the details yet, but if God can do that, I reckon he's got some kind of idea about how to deal with these big boys. Is that right? Are are these walls? If God can freeze up a sea, he can get through a wall. Surely he can get through a wall. Class, are y'all with me or not? See, that is faith talk. And that's what Caleb talked, didn't it? When he said, what, what do you mean? Let's go get this land. Let's go get our good land. We are well able. What do you, what do you mean? God's done all this other stuff. He can do this. We can get this. They're, they got no protection. God's with us. You do, do you know who's with us? Do you know who's traveling with us? God is with us. We can take it. We can do it. 
And they said, we cannot. What's wrong with you? We can't. They're bigger than, they're bigger than us. Yeah, but they're not bigger than God. And can you see there was this wrestling of trying to, to say, what, what's wrong with you? Look what God has done for us. Look where he has brought us from. Look, why do you think he can't do this now? And that's what I'm saying. The enemy is that way. I don't care if the Lord has heard your prayer, has helped you to pay your bills 20,000 times. The next time a bill comes up and you don't know where the money is, what will the enemy say? Oh, it ain't going to work. No way, no way. And you have to forget about all the hundreds of times he came through for you to despair over this time, or elsewise you'd just say, well, he'll take care of this one too. They forgot. They forgot. They remembered not. When the waters, verse 11, covered their enemies, there was not one of them left. They sang his praise, and, and they believed. You remember at the Red Sea, when they saw that, they had a hallelujah party. They had a praise break. Remember that? Tambourines came out. And, and, and they believed for a moment. But verse 13, they what? They soon forgot his works and they waited not for his counsel. You see here the impatience of unbelief. Wouldn't give God even another day to show them what to do. And they said, uh-uh, we're firing Moses, we're firing Aaron, and we're getting new leadership, and we're going back to eat. What are you talking about? Hush. Be quiet. Give God a day. Let him show you the next step to take. Let him tell you how you're going to overcome the giants. Let him show you how. Did he have a plan for getting through walls? Huh? Walls of Jericho? Anybody remember that? Did God, does God already know how we're going to get past these big walls? spectacular way. Right? They're all going to just fall down flat when you shout and praise God. Blow the horns. But see, you have to wait on God to get that. And unbelief says, I can't wait. This is too dangerous. I got to get out of here. They'll kill me. They'll take my kids. They'll take my wife. We're all going to die out here. No, no, no. We got we to gotta vote somebody in. We, we got to go. He that believes shall not make haste. You ever heard that? He that believes shall not make haste. And we that believe have entered into rest, Hebrews says. Faith is not that way. Faith is not, oh, we got to go. Oh, 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 we got no time. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, no. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Faith goes, relax. God's got this. I'm telling you. He knows exactly what we're going to do. Do you not see how perfectly he has planned everything up to this point? Did you not see what happened to Pharaoh and his entire army and all his chariots? Did you not see that? I know you were there. I saw you when you were going through the Red Sea on dry land. <laughs> Don't tell me you didn't see that. Okay, well give God a little time. Let him show you. Let's relax. Let's just hang out here, you know, uh, make that casserole we like, <laughs> and let's get a good night's sleep. Okay, so there's some giants over there. 
All right, all right, all right. But God's bigger than any giant you ever saw. Relax. Rest. Cast all your cares. Come on. Is this right? Cast all. What am I talking about? I'm talking about faith. This is how faith thinks. This is how faith reacts. But in order to do this, you've got to remember. You've got to remember what God did for you this morning, last night, yesterday. You've got to remember how he got you from there to here, how he met your needs when you didn't know where it was coming from, how he healed your body, uh, how he got you through that problem uh, with this, this group or that group. You've got to remember Remember, it says they soon forgot his works and they didn't wait for his counsel. Verse 21, they forgot God, their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, terrible things by the Red Sea. Verse 24, yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word, but murmured in their tents and hearkened not to the voice of the Lord. They despised the very, very good land, brought up an evil report. They actually slandered the land, saying, it's a land that will eat you up. It's a land where you and your kids will die. When God said, it's a good land where you will live and flourish that flows with milk and honey. Can you see, though, God, you know, through, his, through Moses and Aaron, and you see this through his prophets, and you see it through Jesus, you see it through the writings of Paul and others, pleading with people, believe God, trust him, don't doubt him, don't freak out, don't run away, don't run back to your sin and unbelief. Can, can, can you hear this? What, what was uh, Caleb and Joshua doing? They said, no, don't do, don't do this. They got up and it was so uh, tense that Joshua and Caleb grabbed their, their robe and ripped it as an expression of the, the, the frustration. And they said, stop this. Stop this. What, listen, God is with us. Oh, somebody just say that out loud. God is with us. Just that alone, what does that mean? We can make it all the way. If God's with you, who can be against you successfully? God's with us, they said. Don't be afraid of these people. Their defense is gone from them. Don't rebel against God. Trying to, to reason with them, pleading with them, and yet it's still always the individual's choice. They said, no. In fact, you, you better shut up or we will kill you. They picked up rocks. Unbelief. I'm, not, I'm talking about unpersuadable, rebellious unbelief. Can't stand faith. And with faith is irritated and vexed by unbelief. They don't get along. <laughs> They provoked the Lord. They forgot. Can you see how many times it says they forgot, they forgot, they forgot? Let's go back to 1 John, the fourth chapter. And I want, to, I want you to notice with me what leads up 
to our text in the fifth chapter. These are short chapters in, in the first epistle of John. This wasn't written in chapter and verse. It was written as a letter, just a free-flowing letter. And uh, the scripture says, verse uh, 15, you'll see this is saying, some of, chapter 4, verse 15, this is saying the same thing that we see repeated in chapter 5, verse 1, and again in chapter uh, four and, uh, 5, verses 4 and 5. He said, uh, we have known, excuse me, verse 15, whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. This is not just a, a mental position of what faith are you. This is the living relationship. He lives in me. I'm in him. He's in me. And verse 16. Class, are you all awake? Verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness and confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. In Galatians you see the term that, that faith works by love. And it's, it's, uh, you, you can see that when they're saying we're all going to die out here, it's coupled with God hates us. Can you see that? Those are inseparable. And you see the confidence when you say, no, we're going to be fine. Why? God loves us. Amen. Oh, come on. Can you see this? But see, just because God loves you doesn't mean you believe it. And he, he won't make you believe it. He won't force you to believe it. Look at that, that phrase again, verse 16. We have known and believed the love that God has to, or you could also say for us. We've known it. We've seen it. We've experienced it. We've heard about it. What else? We accept it. Hallelujah. We believe it. You know, I've seen cases where, you know, people have tried to convince other people that they love them, that they care about them. And they just go on for month after month. No, you're just saying that. I, you know, how can you love somebody like me? And I, well, am I a liar? I said I did. <laughs> right? And when God tells you that he loves you, don't you wallow around and go, well, I don't know how come he could because I'm, you know, I'm such a poor, pitiful excuse for a Christian. Would you stop it? <laughs> when God said, I love you, you are the apple of my eye. You are a special, rare treasure to me. I was willing to give my only begotten son and his lifeblood to redeem you. What do you say? Come on, help me. What do you say? What do you say? You say, thank you. I believe it. I believe it. I receive it. Thank you. You don't question it. You don't refuse it. You don't go, well, God is love, and why does he let this happen? And as soon as you don't believe his love, you don't, you're not convinced. 
Anything that doesn't go the way you think it ought to, you're questioning his love. Does he care? Where is he? Why didn't God answer my prayer? Why See, you're not, you've never become convinced that he really loves you. Because when you do, it is the biggest faith booster you have ever come across. When you are sure and your heart is persuaded with how much God cares about you, how much he's looking out for you, how good his plan is for you, your faith just soars. Hallelujah. One translation says, faith operates by love. It functions by that love and the love that God has for us. Say it again. I have known. I have, known, I have, experienced, I have experienced. And I believe. I believe the love. love my, God my God. Has for me. Has for me. He, loves me he loves me. And his will for me. Is only good. I believe the good report. I believe the good gospel, the good news of all the good things. My good God, who loves me, has given me. Hallelujah. And then by, by our faith and by his grace, we will, regardless of how many giants and walled cities there are, we can push past, we can believe past, we can fight through, we can overcome and when the dust clears, be standing here with what God who loved us gave us. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Our time's up again. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. And it does please Him. And it does give Him glory. Well, come back with us next time, and let's go further from faith to faith. See you soon, back here in Faith School. I've enjoyed being with you again this week. The Lord is sure helping us. In talking about that faith works by love, this impacts every area, including provision. I always like to speak over our partners at the end of the week. I know many of you are partners. That's why we can do what we do, why, why this is able to go out like it is. And um, the scripture says that God cares for even the birds of the field and he clothes the hills. And if he cares for them, how much more will he take care of his own children? And, and Matthew 6 talks about all the things you need food, clothes, that kind of thing. It says your father knows you have need of these things. And when you seek first his kingdom, he will add all those things to you. Our faith is based on knowing how much he loves us and that he will take care of us. Said out loud, I receive the father's love. Father, I know you care about me. You feed the birds. You clothe the hillsides, and you will feed me and mine, and you will clothe us. I am confident, and I say all my needs will be met by the riches of your glory in Christ Jesus. You are my provider. The Lord is my good shepherd. I shall not lack. Hallelujah.
It's coming to pass. The Lord's bringing us into the best shape of our lives thus far. We love you. We're believing with you. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.